Welcome to Breakpoint Podcast, a show that dedicates itself to the best racket sport in the world. For the most extensive tennis podcast, let's join Ryan Tennyson, Josh Campbell, Joel Fritchie, and your host, Val In a pretty lacklustre tournament, the narrative of Roland Garros 2018 began to weave its magic last night after Marco Cecchinato's remarkable win over Novak Djokovic. After the Italian hadn't won a Grand Slam match in his career before this tournament, he's now won five in a row and he's on his way to the top 30. While Madison Keys and Sloane Stephens will also renew their budding rivalry in the semi-finals. This is Breakpoint Podcast. I'm your host, Val Febo. Jeez, what a tournament it's been over the last couple of days. Um, it was pretty boring up until that, but Marco Cecchinato has stolen the headlines. Josh Campbell's going to be here with me to talk about that. Joel Frucci, not here for the next seven weeks. He's off to Europe and off to Russia to bask in the in the glory of what is going to be a wonderful World Cup, we hope. So we hope you have a safe trip, Joel, and enjoy uh, all your time over in Europe. He's doing a bit of traveling as well, so we're definitely very envious of him there. But we're going to talk men's draw, biggest upsets, best matches, our picks as well along with the women's draw as well um, as I knock my microphone. Um, probably not the best way to start, but we'll introduce this man as well. Josh Campbell, how are you, mate? I'm good. Uh, with a name like Chekinata, you can imagine I've got quite a few puns lined up. Oh, God. Please don't. Uh, <laughs> Please yeah, don't. I'll throw one or two in. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for one. You did one in the pre-podcast video, so it was the check him out. So yeah, there's a that's, few more. That's, oh, jeez, this is not going to go well. But no. look, it's been... Uh, Roland Garros, it's always... It's never really... A wonderful tournament, is it? I, I never, I never consider it a wonderful tournament. And I would, yes, uh, it's not out of the four. It is the less prestigious, and I think well, we might have some evidence to back that up. Well, actually, yes, I was going to bring this up. So, what would you rank now? Your least irrelevant Grand Slam to the most relevant. So, least relevant being number one, and then go down to number four. I think I told you earlier, but so you got the French is the least irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, then you got the U.S. Open, then the Australian Open, and then Wimbledon, and. If you manage to vote Wimbledon as the um, least relevant tournament, I question your tennis knowledge. Well, I've done a Twitter poll over the last day, so it's actually received 50 votes, which isn't too bad. Um, Just curious to know what everyone thinks, which tennis Grand Slam you think is the most irrelevant or follow the least. So I was expecting these exact results. So French Open, number one, 54% of the votes. Uh, US Open, 26% of the votes. Australia, 16%. And Wimbledon, 4%. One person did respond saying, accidentally press Wimbledon. I do think it's the French. So, glad, um, okay, glad we got that statistic. So, right. so basically th- there's another saying, person. No, no one voted for Wimbledon. Well, the one person did. I reckon, I reckon they've stuffed up and said most, re- uh, and thought it said most relevant. So, yeah. look, the French Open, I think there's, there's a lot of things that they need to do to improve. And we do say this every year. We, I think this is the third French Open we've covered on the show that, they need a roof, which is in construction now. That that's in the plans. I think that might be might be there next year. If it's there next year, I doubt how well it's going to be built if they do it in one year. Yeah. But yeah, I think you need a few years if you're going Philippe, to do that quickly. Philippe Chatrier needs a roof. Yeah. Uh, the venue oh, yeah. the, I, it needs a roof unquestionably. I think that is. I reckon that should be a number one priority. Yeah. And the venue seems a little bit old and outdated. The tennis clay court tennis look. It's I, I like it, but. Compared to grass court and hard court. It can be the most tedious of yes. the three surfaces. I think that's the best word. I think tedious can be, a, is, I you, think, the you, best word to describe. You get some brilliant points yeah. on court coverage, and then you combine that with a lot of just back and forth. Yeah, and I think there's too much of that back yeah. and forth. It's not, you know, on, on grass and hard, you at least see people coming into the net and using volleys. Yes, there's a lot of drop shots, but... 
most of the time they get to him. Like, there's just a lot of rallies and it's a lot of tedious, as you said, I think that's the best word to use for it. it you know, it, you, you just get annoyed watching it at times because you just want people to finish the points, but the opponent will just get to it, which is a credit to the players that they're actually covering the court that well. But it just, it gets hard to watch at times when you're, when you're up late at night, you've had a big day. That's a lot. You want to see points being finished quick. You want to see a little bit of flamboyance. And I haven't seen enough of that this tournament, to be honest. Yeah. It's, 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 it lacks something, Roland Garros. And that's why I can't wait for grass to start because within a month, you see the two most different types of tennis. Yeah. You see one really attacking, suiting the fast game style. Uh, and the other one, it's very slow. It's, you know, a bit of a bit of a drag. It's more more to do with problem solving and working your way through matches rather than than just you know relying on your speed and mm. your, your weight of shot. I guess you so, also see a fair um, different disparity in the rankings in those two months where you go from the French into Wimbledon, mm. where you'll see a lot of the big servers drop down the rankings and then come back up through the grass stretch. Yeah, no, they'll season. do very well in the grass court season. That's that's definitely for sure. But look, what have you made of Roland Garros so far this year? Um. As as you put it very well, I thought it's been relatively mediocre and mm. almost boring up until probably the last couple of days where we've had one of those fabulous wonder stories that Grand Slams always seem to produce. Well, let's get into that. Let's get into the men's draw because I want to talk about our best matches, our biggest upsets, and we'll start with our best match in the men's draw. Yes. And I want to know what yours is because there have actually been a couple and one of them, or about three of them, have been played by one man, and that's Alexander Zverev. But I don't know if have, have you got him in your best match. I don't have Zverev in it. I have uh, the guy I've staked a lot of, a lot of promise in this year, and I said he was going to make it to world number one, and it's getting less and less likely. Uh, yeah. Marin Cilic had an epic five set match with Fabio Fognini. Ooh, oh, yeah. that was exciting. I, we love, I love Cilic. Fabio. Are very convincing. The first two looked like he was going to run, run away with it, and then Fognini became Fognini, where he. For about two sets, looks like he's the number one player in the world. <laughs> well, that's exactly right, especially on clay. He can look like an absolute world yeah, beater. So fired up as well. It was fantastic. Yeah. And then Chilich was um too good in that fifth set. But um, yeah, they're just one of those epic tennis matches where momentum's in it, the crowd's involved, everyone's really excited. Yeah, and that that's the thing. I think Fabio knows how to light a crowd up, and uh, when he's on, he's one of the most brilliant players to watch. And uh, unfortunately for him, he couldn't get the chocolates. But Marin Chilich is really showing a lot. It's one of his best runs ever at a French. I think he's been to the quarters only once before. Now he's got there for a second time. But looking at Chilich, he comes up against one Martin Del Potro tonight. That one's going to be he, interesting. He's the underdog. I think he is. I, I do agree with you because... He's Del- in career best form, but I think so is... Almost so, so is Del Potro. Yeah, the way he's playing, yeah. it's very ominous. Hasn't dropped... A, or only dropped a one set, and that was his first set of the tournament. So Chilich is going to have his work cut out for him, but definitely one match for the re- for the highlight reel from this tournament. Mine is Alexander Zverev over one of our favourites, one of the best names on tour, Damir Jumhur. Wow. Jumhur really should never have lost this. He was up two sets to one, a break in the fourth, served for it in the fourth, had a match point, uh, came back in the fifth, was a breakdown, uh, managed to just keep fighting his way into it after Zverev gained control. But at five all, Zverev managed to secure the break and that was pretty much it. He won that 6-2-3-6-4-6-7-6-7-5 and that could definitely go down as one of the matches of the year. And yeah. uh, also a bit of controversy because did you see the ball kid? In this match, so I did not. But so I, I think I heard um, something about this on Twitter. Yeah. So the ball kid was so Jumhur. The ball was out, and it had pretty much it had skied up into the air, and Jumhur was running for the ball, and the ball kid was running for it as well. So they were both going back with the flight. The ball kid just didn't see him coming, and compl- almost knocked out cold, um, hitting into Jumhur's elbow. 
That's not so, good. So, yeah, definitely wasn't good. But, um, yeah, that, the Bosnian, what, what a star. He picked him up, helped him off the court, um, and made sure he was okay. So, um, it was, look, it was an unbelievable match. It had everything. And Zverev, I think, did really well. And we're going to touch on him a little bit later on and yeah. talk about his tournament and what he did well, what he didn't do well. But um, I, I think it was good that he showed some fight and managed yeah. to get through. And um, uh, that moves now to biggest upset of this tournament. And I think we both have we the have, same I think player. We have the same person, yes. But so is, you go is, through yours, I'll go through match. mine. Uh, okay, so we've got uh, in the fourth round, it was... Uh, I just, I'm going to mess his name up, I think. Marco Cecchinato. Cecchinato. I was going to call him Cecchettino before it started, just because, man, I'm awful at pronouncing. Uh, yeah, Marco Cecchinato, he had a fantastic win over David Goffin. Yeah, well, that was in four sets in the fourth round, so that one I wasn't expecting. No. Let alone was I expecting this. Over Djokovic, 6-3, 7-6, 1-6, six, 7-6. Six. Saved three set points in the second set say four set points in the fourth set, was down 5-3, and Djokovic serving for the fourth. Um, and, and as you said before the show, you thought that fourth set tiebreaker was one of the best tiebreakers you've ever seen. No, it was. It was 13-11. It had absolutely everything. Match points saved, set points saved, some just remarkable clay court tennis. That was clay court tennis at its talk, best. Talk about that Djokovic approach shot. Well, there was one. It was. I think Djokovic had set point at 9-8. And Djokovic has, I think he, he was serving, he was serving too. So he served really good, really good approach, has come in, hit Cecchinato out of court, wasn't really, um, wasn't really in a position to do, or to return a major shot of weight from Djokovic. That off forehand running into the net, Djokovic would not miss a hundred times out of a hundred. He's framed that so far into the crowd looked up and just said, seriously, this might not be my day. Mm. And Cecchinato just looked up and said, oh, I can't believe he missed that. Yeah. I really can't believe he missed that. And it was, yeah, it was just some of the things that Djokovic was making errors that were quite uncharacteristic of him. Mm. But Cecchinato, the one-handed backhand was just glorious. He was, well, it was hitting... Good. It was good to see the fight back as well. Like, well, yeah. Um, being, um, go up, you had two sets that love up, you look good. And then the third set, he just got wiped off the floor. And yeah. I, I know there's a reason that you want to bring that up because there's probably a massive reason as to why you think Djokovic had a major shift in momentum. What, why? The, the injury timeout. <laughs> oh, well, no, not really. It wasn't... Djokovic seems to do it a lot and I'm, I don't know if there's anything to it, but he tends to... When he's down, he accentuates his injuries and his grunting a lot more. And makes it look like he's really struggling, but then he'll somehow come up, have a timeout, and then he'll be invincible for the next three hours and come out and win the bloody well, it's tournament. What seemed to happen in that match, and when it he's is what called seemed that to happen. Timeout, and he's come yeah. out and he's destroyed him in the third set. Yeah. And what was it you said earlier? You thought was going to happen? So I thought he was actually going to come back from two sets and beat him. Yeah. Um, because I fell asleep at the end of the of the first set, and then thought, ah, oh, look, Djokovic is. You know, got his injury. Um, he'll come back and win this in five. And then I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, checked my phone, saw Cecchinato was up three love in the tie break. So then watched that and, um, very glad I did. Yeah. Um, but look, Cecchinato has his own issue, got fined a point at the start of the fourth set because he went off the court without the umpire's permission at the end of the third. So there's a little bit of controversy all round really in the match, but, um, it was just, it was solid tennis. It was wonderful tennis and I really enjoyed watching it, but, uh, Quickly, just before we move on to Cecchinato, Djokovic's press conference. Now, we've both watched it. Yes, and we have very differing views of it. Yeah, we do. Um, well, 
take us through your thoughts first, and then I'll and then I'll go through what I think. It, okay. Look, what 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 um, did you make of it? Because I was a little bit concerned. Well, we're gonna bring it up first because I hadn't seen it, and you showed it to me, and you told me your views, and I I took it differently. I thought uh, he came out. He's um definitely he's very very. Just, I was going to say depressed. I don't think that's putting it too far. Mm. He's just sad and he looks frustrated and he looked hurt. Like, like physically hurt, not mentally hurt. He just looked physically hurt. And obviously we talked about how it was done in the small interview room and not in the major interview room. But I, I don't, I think he's copying a lot of unnecessary slack for the way he handled it because y- yes, it could have been handled better. He could have gone into the major interview, given a proper interview. But to this, this talk about how he's just a whiner and that he, did seem disinterested. I, I didn't see that. I just saw someone who was hurt and frustrated and wanted to kind of go home, either re- reevaluate or just focus on what he's needed. Because he, he talked about how he wasn't sure if he was going to be playing on grass and the mm. reporters kept asking about it and he kept saying the same thing. He said, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've just come off the court. I'm not thinking about that at the moment. Yeah, well then, the thing with me, he he goes, I've just come off the court and I'm not really thinking about it. Why would you say, oh, I don't know if I'm going to play on the grass? That's where... Why well, would you, you if you're not, not if you're sure. not thinking about it? Why would you open your mouth and say that? And then B, why would you when all the media is waiting in the main interview room? Why would you go to a small one and try to avoid them? Well, because he's clearly he's clearly I frustrated he's, himself, and he's he's clearly got things on his mind. Other than that, he's very still dealing with injuries. Obviously, had to use that medical timeout. Yeah, well, I know he's clearly hurt, but the thing is, if you look at the broader picture with Novak Djokovic this season, he struggled to get much continuity in what he's been able to do in his tennis. He made the fourth round at the Australian Open, then struggled throughout Indian Wells, Miami, didn't win a match from March until May. And he's made the quarterfinals at the French Open. And I said last week, I was so staunch about this that he was not getting to the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, I I said he was going to make it. Yeah, you did. Made made you that bowl of words. The bowl of words is right here. Um, The milk's ready. It's It's all good to go. But look, he did have a very easy draw. Compared to their players that he would usually eat for breakfast if he was at his yeah. best. And he beat yes, them. he got an easy draw, but you have to win. You have to win four matches, and he, did. and he did. And look, he beat who he beat. Yeah. And he got there. He got to the quarterfinals. This is a result that not many people expected from Novak Djokovic. And I'll be honest, when he came into that quarterfinals, I thought it was going to be an easy set. He set up a fantastic match against him, and then... Exactly. It didn't happen. Exactly. But the thing is... That's where Djokovic, I think, was wrong because he acted, in my opinion, like someone like a Kyrgios or Tomic. Because I, I think that's pushing it. I think that's too far. Well, if we slam them for acting the way they do in press conferences, yeah, but I don't think their, their, their actions are far, far. But worse Djokovic than has been doing. like that over the years as well. But I, not to that same. So extent. is Murray, and so have a lot of other players. And I, I, think I players, would honestly say that I think Andy Murray is worse than Djokovic. Can be yes, but I think in that situation, man, Murray can be, and that's why players need to be pulled up on this because he acted like a bit of a sook, in my opinion. And look, if you if you start shutting down journalists after they ask you if they keep you know hounding you on one thing that you've said you shouldn't have said it and then get defensive because he said oh I don't know if I'm going to play on grass that's massive news that is massive news because Wimbledon is coming up in a month yeah but no, it's not he hasn't confirmed he's not saying he's out he just yeah but he says I don't know if I'm going to play he doesn't know well that's pretty give big him, news still give him time that's pretty big news because to me that's saying okay he might actually be in doubt for Wimbledon. He might not be right. So that, I think that's pretty big news. And I'm not, if, I'm not if I was not in big there, news. I'm just saying, like, he's not sure. He's yeah. gonna, you have to going to have to give him time to make that decision. But if you were a journalist in that room, would you have kept asking him a question about that? Because I well, certainly would have. His answer. 
Yeah, but he, he said he's not sure. He doesn't. He hasn't you, given an if you answer. You ask him follow-up questions. He's going to continually say, "I'm not sure." There's yep. not, it's not going to change his mind. You could have asked him once, and you could have asked him fifty times. He's always going to say the same thing. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't think he gave a proper answer. I just think he said, "Look, I don't know if I'm going to play. I don't know." I think saying "I don't know" is an answer. No, nah, that's not enough of an answer for me. I, I don't think. I think that's just saying he's gone. Oh well, no! What would you have rather him said? I would have rather him said, oh, "Look, I've just got to assess my options. Um, look, I, I'm scheduled to play this tournament." Um, we'll see how that goes, but that's, I think but he that's should be saying the same thing as I don't know. I think he should have said at least confirm that he'd be at Wimbledon or not. I just well, no, oh, because he doesn't know or don't say anything. I I, I think saying not saying anything is a good answer, but like they're asking him anyway. They're asking him if you're going to be on the grass. Yeah, well, he said he doesn't know if he's going to play the grass court season at all. That means missing a Grand Slam. That's pretty big news. I'm not saying it's not big news. I'm just saying get, putting all this pressure on him, saying like to give a definitive answer. He's not sure of his answer. Yeah, I just think he should he shouldn't have said anything, and th- that's where, yeah, I don't know. I just think he handled it really poorly, and I there, would there say were, he handled it slightly poorly. There are there are ways that Djokovic could there are answers, and he was so short with the media as well. It was like he tried to avoid them. He was so it was sort of like a case of Doctor Jekyll and Hyde with his. He went up and hugged Cecchinato after after the match. Went off, big smile on his face, then comes into the media room and just acts like a sport little brat. So that's that there was, was there was a little bit of um you said Jack Lahan, I was trying to think of another word but uh yeah he um, it was a, like a, he two, had two, two Novaks almost yeah and the, it was a complete black and white situation there there were two Novaks at one end or at either end of the spectrum and they were complete polar opposites I think of he what was we sh- saw at the so end of the, the match. way I saw it is I thought he was just trying to um, he's obviously had this. This is like the probably this is without a doubt the greatest moment of Chekhanato's life, making the semi final yeah. of the French Open. So he's. Oh, he did, I don't think he probably would have been like downtrodden too much. His incident he would have been to say that's a great effort from you, well down to the crowd. Mm. He's gone out of the interview and thinking about I've just lost a quarter final, could have made the semi final, frustrated, I'm hurt, and then it kind of starts to sink in a little yeah. bit. But I think if you're him and where you've come from, this is my big gripe with it. That and this is the last point I'll make before we move on. That he. It's such a it's a pivotal result for him because he had points to defend. He made the quarters last year. This is a massive result for him considering where he's come from this season. So I think Djokovic, there's a lot more positives to look out of this tournament than negatives, and he's pretty much marred it with that final press conference. I don't think marred at all. I think this tournament was good but not great. A good statement that Djokovic has the potential to come back to that form. Mm. I don't I don't think he's There's ever getting back. There's still a lot back. of work left to do and also the fact that he's still being marred by injury. Yeah. He's not getting back to his best. I think he was close but I don't think he'll ever win a win a slam now. I, you don't think he'll ever win a slam no. again? No. I think the the younger generation is coming up too quickly and I think we're, I, we're I, not going to... I'm agreeing with the fact that they're coming up very quickly but I think dismissing Djokovic of a Grand Slam is ignorant. We're not seeing any more. Look, Roger and Rafa won't be winning many more either. I can guarantee you that now. Over the next few years, we'll see a big change. It'll it'll slide off, yeah. And Djokovic won't be a part of that. Okay. That's That's interesting. Yeah, I I don't think... Well, that's my opinion anyways. But look, we'll get to some more positives. Marco Cecchinato, first Italian to make the quarterfinals at the French Open since 1975, I think. Um, An unbelievable result for him. Hadn't won a Grand Slam match before this tournament. Um, Andrea Seppi, Fabio Fognini, they've been the Italian stalwarts, really, for the past 10 to 13 years. Neither have managed to do what Cecchinato's just done. That, uh, Seppi's been to six fourth rounds of a Grand Slam, lost them all. Fonini's been to one quarterfinal, lost them all. Um, and if you look at 
What do you think it is about Cecchinato that's allowed him to get to a semi-final? I just think the way that he's played with enthusiasm and aggression. Um, he's knocked off some big-seeded players as well. I just think it's just... That, that's the question. Like, how? How has he knocked off Goffan and Djokovic? I think his aggression. He's hit the ball really well, really cleanly. He's gone for his shots. He hasn't been scared. And I think that's the big thing. When you play these big guys, you can't be afraid to yeah. pull the trigger. And that's what he's done. He's actually been able to serve out matches, serve out sets... And not be afraid. Who was um? So Tanasi Kokonakis did it. I think it was against Djokovic where he came out. I think he lost in two tight sets, but he came out and he just played extremely aggressively. Um, oh, oh I don't think no. He's played Djokovic once before, lost at four, four, and four. Um, so yeah. that was at the French a few years back. But sorry, last uh, Italian to make the semis at a Grand Slam, Roland Garros, nineteen seventy eight, Barazzutti. Mm. So that's oh, it was no, sorry, it was Kokonakis. Kokonakis at a Davis Cup match and he was playing a top seed and I cannot Was remember. it Murray? It could have been Murray. Yeah. I think it might, I think have, been it might have been Andy, but yeah, look. And the, the way, like, the, the first couple of points, what he did was he came out and he was just extremely yeah. aggressive and it puts them on the back foot. And that's what Cecchinato did. Yeah. So that was a brilliant, I think that's where he's come out and done really well. Um, he's the lowest ranked uh, Roland Garros semi-finalist since number 100, Andre Medvedev in 1999. So look, just a, a stellar performance is that, from Cecchinato. Medvedev uh, related to current uh, Daniil Medvedev? No. Okay. So no relation at all. And, uh, well, he'll be seated for Wimbledon now. Mm. And one of the journalists asked him and said that you'll be seated for Wimbledon based on your run here in Paris. And he laughs and said, geez, that's good for my opponents at Wimbledon. Um, so, so he's humble. It's good as He's well. very humble. Yeah. And look, after a couple of years ago, was done for match fixing, uh, suspended for 18 months. Yeah, I think, but- I think the people aren't talking about, like they're talking about his run at the moment, but they're not talking about the, the story of Chekhanato. Yeah, because and it is a wonderful he's redemption. He's gone from uh, the lowest of lows now to the highest of highs. Mm, it's a wonderful redemption. He'll move from 72 to 27 in the world, was outside the top 100 in March at 107. Look, just a phenomenal performance from mm. a, a wonderful player that he's been over the last couple of weeks. And and it's another point I want to bring up because it is really interesting where, like, um, the especially by the media a lot, and I think it's because his is lesser well-known that it hasn't happened as much, but when a key-name player goes through that level of controversy, it's, it sticks with them the rest of their life. And if you... If you consider they're trying to make, they've made someone who's made a mistake and then they've tried to change their life as a result and then tried to go about things the right way, I think they deserve that praise to be yeah. told. You've you obviously accepted that you've done the wrong thing. You've been punished as an accord mm. for it. You've changed your um, structure and now you're playing with um, yep. excitement and passion and you're doing it the right way. Yeah, well, uh, two months ago, he hadn't won five consecutive matches on the ATP World Tour. Now he's done it twice. One's brought him a title as a lucky loser in Budapest, and one's brought him a Grand Slam semi-final. So hats off to Marco Cecchinato. Unbelievable performance. And we'll get I, to a couple... I, really quickly, what do you reckon his chances are against team in the semi? Could go to four, but I don't think he's beating team. Okay. I think team will, will get up comfortably. But uh, let's go to team and Zverev. Uh, team's looked in good touch as... Played four setters in round two, three, and four, but his quarterfinal performance against Zverev last night uh, didn't really hone to the fact, or didn't really acknowledge the fact that Zverev was injured, didn't really concentrate on it, and I thought that was the most impressive part of the win. They're good mates, and when when players get injured on the other side of the net... Sometimes you get that sympathy where you... Not sympathy, complacency. Yeah, well, complacency, but I do think sympathy does play a small part in it. It, it, a little bit. They are good friends, but yeah. I think uh, team last night didn't give Zverev any eye contact, didn't look do. at him. If you're going to win a Grand Slam, yeah. you, need, you, you need that competitiveness yeah. to become the number one priority. And concentrated on what he had to do. Yeah. And that's that's where I was really impressed with Dominic Team. I think the way that he went about it was 
Uh, it was awesome. So hats off to him for, for the way that he played last night. And uh, Alexander's very disappointing to see that he went off injured or had the injury problems, but he went out right. You could almost the- say it's his own fault because he had three five-setters beforehand. You know what? I'm really, really impressed with how he played this tournament because he could have gone out in the second round against yeah. Lajovic, could have gone out in the third round against Jumur, could have gone out in the fourth round against Karen Khashanov. He didn't. He fought. Well, that, that's and the he thing. Said, like, he did two things that I think has been really impressive in the Grand Slam. The first one is he made the quarterfinals. Yeah. He's, do, he's done what he hasn't been able to do before. And he's made it as a stake as a, a top C where he's actually defending that um, yeah. that structure. But more importantly, he showed the fight that you need in five setters. Yeah. And that, he looked looked at his box after, sorry to interrupt, he looked yeah. at his box and after that win over Khashinov and said, it's my effing time. And I think that was a big statement the, the, saying the expletive, that... I was going to say explicitives. Um, the, expletive. Uh, expletive, thank you. Uh, a curse may, word. Maybe a tad unnecessary, but also good because it's showing his passion. Well, it fired him up. And yeah. look, Zverev wants it. You can tell he wants it. So brilliant stuff from Alexander Zverev this tournament. Finally got to a Grand Slam quarterfinal. Team, on the other hand, in, in Roland Garros quarterfinals, uh, his stats are pretty unbelievable. Matches won, lost, 3-0. and zero. Games won and lost, 60-33. to 33. And then sets one and lost nine and one. But then when you move to Grand Slam semifinals, he's 0-2, 0 and six sets, and he's only won seven games in those in those two. So That's, Yeah. Mm, not uh not overly great. So no. um yeah, a bit disappointing there for team. But look, um I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. Mm. And I, I was, at the moment it's looking Actually, like... sorry, no, that was um thirty six games okay. he's dropped and fourteen one. Right. Sorry, that was my bad. That was from one of them. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to see what team can do. This is yeah. a big match for him. Could be first Grand Slam final. So uh, that match against Chekinado is definitely going to be interesting. Nadal v. Schwartzman tonight. Schwartzman, what a wonderful story. He's uh, now at four consecutive PBs at Grand Slams. Now, push Nadal to four sets in the Australian Open fourth He's got round this year. a lot of experience year. against Nadal. He Knows does. Well. Big win over Kevin Anderson in the fourth round. Can he beat Rafa? No. Okay. That's uh, just blatant answer. Look, I'm the same. I think he can take a set off him. I just think he's, he's that dogged competitor that we love watching. I, well, that's the thing at the Australian Open was that you, you showed that fight um, yep. that, that it takes to beat Nadal. But I think on clay, he's going to be, even though it's Schwartzman's preferred surface, playing against Nadal on clay is something I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. No, yeah, I wouldn't either. That's just, yeah, that's a death wish, really. Um, but look, Quickly before we move on, so Schwartzman, great tournament. Uh, Marin Cilic has withstood, well, he's withstood a lot, the Fonini yeah. onslaught. He's been really impressive. Has been impressive. Delpo has only dropped one set. Um, oh, look, Delpo's playing some really good tennis. And just quickly, Grigor Dimitrov falling to Fernando Vadasco in the third round. I thought that was a really disappointing result. Yeah. Really disappointing. So Expected a lot more from him. Yeah, I did too. I think he, he hasn't shown the form that he was in last year, so hopefully he can start backing that up towards the end of the year. Look, let's do our picks now, Josh. Yeah. So quarterfinals, uh, two, one semifinal is set. Marco Cecchinato against Dominic Team. That will be, I think, Friday night. Uh, Nadal v. Schwartzman tonight. Who wins that? Nadal. Nadal. Chilich Del Potro. So I've been, I've been tossing up on that one a lot because I think, I think Del Potro is the slight favorite. I really want to pick Chilich because not only do I, I love him, yeah. but it, it helps towards that whole number one thing that we mm. try to bring up as little as possible. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with Del Potro, though. Yeah, no, I do agree. I've got Nadal Del Potro. So for the final now, uh, Nadal Delpo? 
Oh, is semi final? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, semi final. Yeah. yeah. Nadal over Del Potro. Yep. And Team Chekanato. Team over Chekanato. Yep. And Nadal over Team. Yep. I've got the exact yeah. same. So I've got a Nadal Delpo semi final. Uh, Nadal going through to the final in that one, and uh, Team just looking too strong for Chekanato. And I've got Nadal over Team in four in the final. So yeah, um, I could I could see Team taking a setup. Think- I could almost see a five setter. I hope we do get it. Team's the only man that's beaten Nadal on the clay in the last year. So it'd be fitting, I think. They're I think it would be. Just the two best clay quarters in the world at the moment going yep. head to head, showing how good they are. And team looked despite various injury, team looked very, very clinical. And he's looked he's looked concentrated. Yep. So this is a big one for Dominic Team. He needs to get through this. Bad record in Roland Garros semifinals. He'll look to change that. Plenty more still to get through. Josh, we're gonna talk about the women's draw after this. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. This is Breakpoint Podcast, Val Febo and Josh Campbell here with you talking all things Roland Garros and we've had some interesting discussions about the men's draw. Now it's time to divert our attention to what's happened on the other side with the ladies and look, it's, there have been some good matches and there's been some wonderful stories I think that have come of this but look, it has been a very textbook draw. I think the seeds have done what they've had to do. There's been a lot of beltings. There haven't really been many there's Close been, matches. Yeah, there's been no three set encounters, really. It's been a lot of very, very clinical performances well, from people who are playing well. There's been a couple of good ones, and I want to know your best match from this draw so far. My best match from this draw so far, I've got, um, I think, surprisingly, uh, no, I don't think people expected Angelique Kerber to be playing as well as she has been right yeah. now. She's been rather impressive. Uh, I've got, the, what was, the, I'm trying, I'm trying, just going through my notes here. It was the match against Kiki Burton's. Was, yeah, she, well, she the, won that. It was, seven, six, it was seven, straight six. sets, but it was in two tiebreak, and we know Kiki Burton's form is very yeah. good at the French Open as well, uh, and to beat her as well, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, look, I think um, I was a bit surprised because Kerber Clay isn't obviously her best surface, but to go through and do what she did, I'm, I'm, I was really impressed. So fantastic stuff for her. I think seven, her run six. stops there, though. Yeah, she plays Halep tonight, so I don't think Halep is uh, Halep. Just looks like she's on a mission, yeah. so she looks very good. We'll discuss that more in the picks later. Mine was Serena Williams over Ash Barty, three six six three six one. I just thought that was a vintage Serena comeback. She showed a lot of fight and just did what she had to do. I and think it was just good to see Ash Barty f- uh, fighting against Serena as well. Yeah, Barty had her great, chances. The greatest women's player of all time coming up against her, and she's. Taking his set off her, pushing her as much as she could. Yeah, no, it was brilliant stuff from Barty, and I think we're going to see a lot more of her. As I've said, I had her in my top 10 in five years' time, and we'll get yours next week as yep. well. So very excited to hear what you've got to say about it. But uh, biggest upset? Uh, biggest upset from the draw? Got There's go. been a couple. There's been a couple. Go with yours first. Well, mine is uh, Mahela Buzanescu over Elena Svitolina, 6-3-7-5. I think that's been the biggest upset. I didn't think that Bo- was happening. Borderline on both both ends, I reckon. Yeah, no, I think checking out over Djokovic maybe could have been the biggest one of the men's, but I think in the women's just seeing no. Spidale- seeing Spidalina beat and she's that that was I was not expecting. Well, we that. we all had her in the final yeah. last week, so look, I think that's upset of the tournament, male or female. Yeah. Um, Buzanescu played brilliantly, um, thoroughly deserved to win, um, but yes, yeah, Spidalina very disappointing to lose that one, but um, yeah. I, 
I just think, yeah, she really needed to make an indent in this tournament. She struggled at the slam, sort of yeah. a bit like a Zverev on the female side. She's still young, so but exactly. Got, so got that time to gain that um endurance and plenty confidence. of time. Uh, who was yours? Uh, well, I've got. It's not necessarily a surprise because she has established herself this year. But uh, Daria Kasakina knocking off the number two seed, Caroline Wozniacki. Yeah. Like, for a couple of ways, first of all, anytime you knock off a number two seed that early on in a tournament, I think it's worth talking about. But more importantly, I think. You're seeing the continued establishment of someone who is going to be around for years to come. Yeah, definitely agree. It was a brilliant performance. Straight sets over Wozniacki just got the job done and yeah. hit the ball cleanly and Wozniacki couldn't couldn't deal with it. So thank you, Josh. And look, Keys v. Stevens semi-final, rematch of last year's US Open yes. final. Both of them have been really good this tournament. Stevens has belted all of her opponents except Camilla Georgie, funnily enough, in the third round. Four six six one eight six. Yeah. Could have definitely gone down in one of our best matches. It was definitely top three of the tournament. You see tournament. A, lot, a lot of that, though, where like they, um, they're very convincing in some matches, and other times they just they start to just miss yeah. the ball. Yeah. Well, she has been consistent in all of her matches. Even that one, Georgie played a phenomenal brand of tennis yeah. to actually keep with her, uh, negated the power of, of Stevens, and that's where she's so good. She was She's just been able to out-hit her opponents, yeah. and that's where she's why she's done so well at this tournament. Madison Keys hasn't dropped a set yet. We're in for a huge encounter, and this is the first time two American females have met in the Roland Garros semifinals since Serena and Jennifer Capriati back in 2002. So it's been a very long time coming, 16 years since there's been an All-American semifinal at Roland Garros, I think even in the men's as well. Yeah. So, look, really, really just great stuff from the both of them. And Look, I'm not sure who's going to win it. We'll find out in the in the picks. I, I had to flip a coin pretty much to see who I thought was going to get there. I think that's actually what's going to be um, when it actually happens. I think it's generally going to be a coin flip. Yeah. Because both of them have the potential to wipe the other off the floor. It will be that close. It will be that close. And look, uh, Simona Halep, she's looked very strong as well. Apart from dropping the opening set to Alison Risk, she got belted there. But look, the way that she's playing, it's... Quite ominous for it the rest of the field. It was strange that match against Risk. You, yeah. She, she looked down. She looked, um. Just that one set. Yeah. She just, she just looked, and you almost thought it was like, is this actually going to be Halep gone again? Is she going to miss out on another Grand Slam? Yeah. I, I was but, a bit worried. No, she fought back and she fought back really well. Well, she won 14 of the last yes. 17 games of the match, which is just that, that's just ludicrous. Yeah. I think she, that was a very, the, those two sets were very statement sets. She yeah. Wanted to, she was like, yeah, I, I, I've lost that set. I, I, I need to win this Grand Slam, and I need to win it. Like I need to get there convincingly, and I think she's doing she that. She has and she's, done, and she's done that. And, and that fourth round match as well was, against Elise Mertens. Yes. She destroyed Mertens. Mm. That was that was really ominous. So she's looking very good. She destroyed Petkovic as well in the third round, seven five six love. So she's looking very good. Simona Hallett plays Kerber tonight, as we said in a rematch of the epic Australian Open semi final. Kerber, as we said, haven't hasn't dropped a set, including wins over Garcia and Burton. So she's looking good. Now, just quickly, Serena Williams. We mentioned her before in my in my best match of the tournament. We almost got Serena v Maria in the fourth round. The and, story behind that is well, they just they just don't like yeah each other. they don't like it's each years other. Years in the making, there's and is that 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 hostility that's not there but there at the same time? Like they're not going to show up, but you can tell it's there. hundred percent. If I ask you how many Serena has won in a row against Sharapova and what year that dates back to. Would you be able to tell me? Um, have, have a guess. I think I think it's 14. Okay, yeah. And I want to say 2008. No. Okay. So it's 18. 18. And 2004. Jeez. So in so the in, than I thought. yeah in the WTA championships, that's the last time Sharapova... Sharapova actually led the head-to-head 2-1. Serena's no, no now, yeah. Serena's now 19, uh, 
19 and 2. Yeah. Which is just, it's just unbelievable. But Sharapova got through the matchup. Uh, she'll play Muguruza tonight. Who do you think wins that? It's tough. I think Sharapova. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll ask you why in the picks. Yeah. I just want a little bit of a taste. Yeah. But look, if Sharapova does win this, I'm not going to be happy. I'm, I'm, wins the, um, if she wins the, the tournament. The match or the tournament? Okay. I'm not going to be happy. Because the grunting needs to be banned, and I said this last week, it needs to go, and it's just it's it's screaming. How how would you police it exactly? Would you if it go gets... if you hear a grunt, the official goes, "That's a warning," and if it gets any louder, they go, "That's a point fine." I don't have a problem with players grunting if they're absolutely exhausted, but when players start grunting on a slice, and when they start mm. getting overly loud well, on the first point of a match, yes. I think that is ridiculous well, this because has been you a discussion know for years like this yeah. has been talked about like yeah obviously that's a perfect example on a slice you know there's no effort involved in a slice no like, a minimal effort oh, there's, involved there's minimal method, effort yeah. involved in it but at the same time when you can hear that and you can tell they're very clearly grunting because they're trying to distract the person from being able to tell where the balls come off the racket mm. so they're not able to predict where the ball's going I just I, I think oh, it's blatant. I, I, I know you say you think it's cheating I don't think it's cheating solely because it isn't actually a rule but. I think it should I think be. it's using rules that aren't there to your advantage. I think a rule needs to be put in place to which stop is, it. Yeah, which is what she did with Meldonium. Yes. So... It's a similar kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I, look, I, I think grunting does... I think, I think I would consider it a dirty tactic. I wouldn't consider it cheating. It makes it makes tennis unwatchable for me. I can't watch it. I can't it sit... Is, it is hard to watch. I can't Sharapova sit match. down and watch Maria Sharapova. She's a dogged competitor, and I love that about her, but I can't watch her. And I'm not the biggest fan of her personality either. But you similar with Azarenka? I can't look. Look, I like Victoria Azarenka. Yeah. I like her. I can't watch her. Yeah, I can't sit there and watch her. I actually, I genuinely enjoy. Like if I, I'll, I'll mute. I'll actually sit there and mute the TV and watch Azarenka. Or just have it on quiet. Yeah, but you can still hear it, and it just bothers me. Even when the men do it, though. Yeah, it's not just it's not just the women. Like, don't get me wrong. Nadal does it. Ferrer does it. Djokovic does it. Murray does it. They they all do I, it. I'm it's... just trying to think. Going back to it, I don't think I've ever grunted playing tennis. Neither have I. There's I've no... played years of it. I'm not. I'm not good. I'm not saying I'm good. Yeah. I'm just saying I. I've never been in a situation where I've grunted because I've needed to. I've never ever grunted in my life ever playing tennis. Mm. So there's no need for it. Let's just move on. Um, what about bloody Yulia Potinsova? Gets to a quarter final. I'd never would have picked that. She was that sort of unseeded player that we knew that was going to get there. It was a very open draw with Svitolina going out. She made the most of it and got through. She's uh, that was her first Grand Slam quarter final. Uh, only the second Kazaki player ever to make a Grand Slam quarter final. Um, over who was the other one? Yaroslava Shvedova. She did it three times. So brilliant stuff from Putinsova. She almost made the semis as well. That her first set tiebreaker against Keys was yeah. very back and forth. Keys very good in the second though. Yes, very good. Uh, and just the Aussie run through as well. Daria Gavrilova fell to Elise Merton, 6-3, 6-1. And Sam Stoza fell to Gabinye Muguruza, 6-love, 6-2. I know what you're going to say about Stoza. But no, credit I, I to thought, it. I thought, yeah, you say, say your start first. because 10 years in a row yeah. that she's made the third round or better at Roland Garros. It's, That's it's her tournament. There's no question That's to enough it. for me. So just stellar stuff. I, awesome. I, I was, and like, I remember watching uh, that third round match and thinking, um, it was, Stoza was looking like very good and you thought, is she going to make like another semi-final run? Is she going to push? And then oh, no. she was wiped off the floor. <sighs> Muguruza destroyed her. That was, uh, I, I, I want to say embarrassing, but embarrassing, I think is a strong word. But, mm. um, yes, yeah, Stoza didn't get a look in. Well, Stoza's cl- shoes didn't have clay on the bottom of them. That's like, 
she was on her back. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's it. Muguruza had her on toast. Um, look, well, let's go to our picks. Yeah. And who we think is going to win. So, look, we've got one semi-final already set up, like the men. So, Keys and Stevens will take each other on tomorrow. I think that'll be tomorrow. Uh, Halep and Kerber tonight. I'm going to go with Halep. Halep. And I'm going to go in straight sets. Halep in straight. I agree. Muguruza, Sharapova. You said Sharapova. I said Sharapova. Why? Um, is it because of her positive head-to-head record against Muguruza, or just you think she looks in that form? Uh, that's a couple of things. The the positive record obviously helps. It's always going to be the players' yep. mind when they're going into a match. Uh, I think she's been in great form, and more importantly, I think the rest she'll get from not playing Serena will also pay a big factor. I mean, Muguruza uh, similarly only played two games against Serenko, so they're both going to be very fresh. But I think Serena with... Not Serena. Uh, Maria and uh, Muguruza both off like three days rest. I think Maria's going to come out all very fired up. Yep. Okay. So you've got Halep and Sharapova in the semis. Yes. Who wins? Halep. Halep. Uh, Key Stevens. Uh, similar, similar to you. I'm, you basically have to do a coin flip. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Keys. Keys? Okay. And so Halep or Keys? Ke- oh, I was about to say Keys there. That's uh, the only t- Halep, because I think she, she freaking deserves this. No, she does. Yeah. Uh, and I think... Everybody wants yes. Halib to win unless you're a fan of the other players that are in. But if you're just a general tennis fan, yeah. you want to see Simona Halib well, win this title. We'll go back with you. So quarterfinals, Halib versus Kerber. Uh, Halib in straight as well. Okay. Muguruza over Sharapova. Sharapova. I've got her winning. You got just, Muguruza? Yeah. Yep. She, she just looks, she looks like she's in that ominous form. Okay, so she looks, she looks good. Halib and Muguruza semi-final. Halib in yep. straight. And then the American semi-final. I've gone keys just based on, oh, no, 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 sorry. No, you got Stevens? Oh my god. Um, I've got, I've We're done, I've, each other up here. um, I've gone Stevens just based on the fact of the US Open final. Okay. She's got that, she's got that edge over keys deep in a grand slam. That's a, that's what I think it'll be like for Keys. It'll be like a retaliation, a revenge match for her. And that's like, the thing, yeah. That's where it could go. I think it's going to be. I reckon we could see this go to an advantage third set. It could, and I hope it does because the women's draw is owed something. There's been a lot of beltings. We need some close matches, and they're both uh, just big hitters of the ball. They well. are. Like you can ju- you get some fantastic tennis from them both. Sea ball, hit ball. Uh, I've got Halep over Stevens in three sets. I think that'll go to three. Okay. So and Halep, but we've both both got that fantastic story of Halep yeah. winning a grand slam. Oh, she deserves it. You're you're right. She 100% Could you imagine it. if she plays against Stevens in a final and she loses? Oh, I'd be, I, I, I'd be devastated. It'd be I'd great w- for Stevens. It'd be fantastic to see her Well, win. to win two, two majors, Jesus. Yeah. I never would have picked that. A big talking point, but yeah. Yeah. It's her time. It is. surface and it's her time. Yep, 100%. She's lost two Roland Garros finals in three, an Australian Open final in three. Halep deserves this, so let's hope she can go all the way. But that's all we've got for Breakpoint Podcast tonight. Just uh, before we go, th- we're not going to do... So after this week, Joel sent me his pick. So he's gone Halep over... So he's gone Nadal over team, and he's got Halep winning. Let me double-check who he has. Uh, where is it? Here we go. So Halep over Stevens and Rafa over team. Uh, so this will be the last time we do our tips. Me and you are going to have a... Uh, like a little competition before Joel comes back. Okay. Um, but the standings at the moment, me on 57, Joel 50, Josh on 38. Um, pretty similar picks for this whole French Open. Yeah. So um, things could change. But a fair bit of work I'm going to have to do in the second half of this year. Oh, you definitely are. And this seven weeks off isn't going to help you. No. So um, we can't wait to see Joel back. But me and you are going to have a little competition in the meantime, yes, which will include Wimbledon. So we can't wait for that. But thank you very much for tonight, Josh. No worries, Val. Great to be here. And a fantastic couple of days coming up. Oh, 100%. Very, very exciting. Semi-finals and the final quarter-final matchups of Roland Garros, along with the final women's final on Saturday, men's final on Sunday. It's getting exciting. And then the grass court season starts. And that's what we're going to 
be covering next week. We're going to review Roland Garros. We're going to talk about the start of one of the most exciting months on the calendar. This is Breakpoint Podcast. Remember, follow us on Facebook at Breakpoint Pod uh, or Breakpoint One, Instagram at Breakpoint Pod, uh, no, Breakpoint Podcast, Twitter at Breakpoint Pod. Follow us on Wooshka. That's where we, you know, put all our shows up. That's where you get all the best listening. Uh, iTunes as well. So we're up on all those platforms. So give us a follow or a subscribe there. I'm Val Ferbo. Hope everybody has a lovely day and a lovely week.